1: You're listening to the Southern Outdoorsman
0: Podcast. Make sure you like and subscribe to the podcast. You can check us out on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. If you'd like to support the show, you can go to patreon.com forward slash the southern outdoorsman. Now let's get to the episode.
1: Presented by Hunting Exchange, a marketplace for serious hunters by serious hunters. All right, guys, welcome to the outro from Mr. Tim Knight's podcast. Jacob, what did you think?
0: (laughs) might have throw me under the bus not nah, dude it was good <laughs> it's always fun talking to tim dude tim's an interesting guy you know great woodsman great deer hunter uh you know killed the crap out some deer and a hardcore bow hunter too which is it's kind of cool to find some of those guys like that in the southeast i just you know they don't really pick up the fire man which you know hey more more to them listen dude more power to you know, it, man. i'm like give me that rifle when i get the opportunity
1: muzzleloader whatever oh yeah so yeah i'm the same way yeah i like talking to guys like tim um Especially, I love the story that he threw in about the persimmon tree because that just kind of highlights what I feel like I'm always preaching about. Like, hey, learn your plants, you know. And, and sometimes people will say like, well, why do I actually need to know that? You know, there's like the old thing about how everyone talks about, oh, this this, this deer hunter, um, he can kill whitetails, but he doesn't know what kind of tree he's sitting in. And that's true to a lot of people. And some people are like, well, why do I need to know that tree? And that that's just an example of how that can come in handy. It just makes you... I think more effective in a wider range of situations. Mm-hmm. Some, something along those lines. Yeah, absolutely. It's
0: just, it's just being a better, well rounded woodsman. Um, yeah, no, he's, there's a lot of really good points in there. You know, a, a couple things which I liked about was just, again, sloping through the woods. You know, we talked about this a couple weeks ago, uh, talking about turkey calling and doing some natural voice turkey yelps, which Andrew can rip one out for us real quick beautiful and uh just while you're slipping through the woods especially you know quiet calm afternoon or something like that or mid-morning leaf cover but one thing that he mentioned was again the uh owl like when you're up in the tree mm. and doing like the barred owl and barned owl uh, yeah owl hoot, which... i told him
1: i was gonna try that when i spooked a deer this weekend and uh, i didn't see a deer to spook so that didn't work out yeah <laughs> So, no, for effort,
0: you must have not been uh, turkey calling while you were walking up, bro. <laughs> yeah, it was pretty bad, man. That was pretty bad. They were already spooked out of there. Mm-hmm. No, but no, but the whole thing of like being up in the tree, and if like you get a doe or something that locks in on you, she like bolts out or something, but she doesn't blow. You know, kind of hit them with that, and you hit them and with that owl hoot.
1: <coughs>
0: yeah, natural voice, baby. Here we go. Oh, but yeah, and because uh, one thing that made sense with me when he talked about that is an owl predator. Eyes looking forward, mm-hmm. you know, eyes of their head,
1: different facial structure.
0: Yep, absolutely. And I was like, okay. And I've seen, dude, I've seen some big old owls, big old owls, not, not even so much in Alabama. When I was in Arkansas, there was a, a, uh-huh. uh, uh, a, a, owl or whatever. And, uh, up there when I was deer hunting and it looked ginormous. <laughs> Look, I mean, again, kind of over exaggeration, but when I first saw it, I was like, dude, that thing's three and a half feet tall. Like, it's, it looks huge <laughs> sitting there, and uh, it wasn't that, quite that big, but, you know, they, they are big, so uh, maybe, hey, maybe you can fool a deer with that.
1: Yeah, um, the whole intro, the 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 conversation on trail cameras was pretty timely, mm-hmm. um, just for our purposes, because we've, these last two years, if y'all have been listening for a while now, you've heard us kind of uh, ramp up our trail camera use in the last couple of years, especially Michael, last year, I mean, just like a trail camera madman I mean got cameras all over the place I've got quite a few out this year I'm not checking them super often but I got two cell cams out uh you on the other hand you I don't you haven't put out a single camera this year have you nope no not one so how 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 do you think that's like affected you? far as confidence goes or anything like that not
0: stressing about anything because it's like you you're not hunting a deer you're hunting the spot you're hunting you know kind of like based off a feeling you're getting when you're out there instead of like oh man i had a good deer coming here mm-hmm. three days ago or whatever yeah. i mean it's kind of cool like especially having the cell cameras out there like we're sitting there like oh man this freaking scrapes on fire right now and then yeah buddy and, and, if you'd have
1: been there this morning let me tell you yeah you would have yeah
0: there have been some arrows slanging. Uh, oh yeah uh but and it's funny because
1: you know a, a buddy just called us and He actually just shot a... We we know two people. I I have look I have two cameras. I have two cell cameras on scrapes. Okay. Both of them got hit this morning, and we have two friends who shot bucks on scrapes today. Today. On on the same property. Yep. Scrapes are on fire right now where we're at on this particular place. Yeah,
0: it makes me think like, you know, that first kind of round of does kind of went in heat and get bred, and right now we're probably like right in the middle of them. Mm Mm-hmm. And
1: uh, that's kind of what I was thinking too. So I was like,
0: "Oh, dude, because because everything slacked off for like, yeah, eight, 10
1: days, barely any pictures." And I think they were probably with those those days.
0: They yeah, probably locked down mm-hmm. at least we're at where we're at in Alabama. Um, but anyways, yeah, dude, the, the whole the whole uh, scrape thing um, has been very interesting. It's but also again, kind of getting back to trail camera, not relying solely on trail cameras to you know how you hunt or where you hunt or when to hunt. Um, I think it was pretty important because again you know, they can be a hindrance. And kind of like what Tim talked about, you know, he thinks trail cameras has saved more big bucks lives than anything else because, you know, a guy's not hunting because he doesn't have a big buck on a camera, but doesn't mean there's not a big buck there. It's just where your camera's at or whatever. Or maybe you got one image of that buck, but he now got the understanding of, not the understanding, but he sent something while he was there, saw the camera, whatever. And he's just kind of missing that spot. Kind of going back to getting Paul Boutera's episode from a, a few weeks back, almost a month back now.
1: Uh, and, the uh, bucks avoiding the trail yeah, cam, dry
0: ground tracking bucks. Um, he he tracked one of the deer he killed last year. I think he said he tracked it, it was like a mile, mile and a half, and it went by. It went by eight trail cameras, all within about twenty five yards of the camera. But he was always walking behind the camera, like he was never actually getting on camera the way he was traveling. Uh, which you
1: want to strap cameras to both sides of the tree, yeah. 360
0: <laughs> degrees, remember yeah. that camera that uh was it Walkcam Innovation or, or Moultrie? Someone came out with a camera, it was like a 360 camera, or like a or 280 270 degree camera, yeah, uh, like real wide angle. And uh, I just remember they were expensive, That's,
1: yeah, yeah. That's good, kind of, yeah, sounds like a good idea on paper, yeah. I mean, who knows? Um, there's kind of two, two schools of thought with trail cameras though, because we've gone back and forth with different guests on the show. Because we talked to people like Tim Knight who were like, hey, don't get tied down to your trail cameras. But then we have other guys who heavily rely on trail cameras to kill specific deer. Haynes uh, Riddle, yep, Alabama, yep,
0: ran the crap out of trail cameras. And we're, I think we're going to interview him uh, in and Chase Parker but... a little bit later. Um uh, killed a couple biggins. They, yeah, they killed three bucks all over 145 inches in Alabama on a specific piece of public land. In under two weeks. Yep. Three. Yep. Th- three freaking monsters. Um, so, and two of those being giant. Well, w- Chase's, Chase's buck, his last buck was a true eight point, but, um, uh, Haynes buck, call, dude, I saw those two little nubs that, you know, <laughs> it's making it a 10 point, but it is just a giant mainframe eight. Like, oh it my is gosh. a, he is huge. Monster. It's a 100, 150 inch deer. Uh, but, anyways, um, But yeah, but see, those guys ran trail cameras very religiously, had pictures of a lot of these different bucks in these areas, went in there and hunted them and and killed these deer, which is... Pretty awesome. And then, you know, you get some guys kind of like Travis Murray. I've been listening to Travis's old episodes, episode 210 and 213. Highly recommend y'all going back and re to that. Also, 257, Trolling for Monster Bucks. Yep, earlier uh, from, this summer. Early, early in the summer was a great episode. Um, But Travis, you know, he used to use trail cameras all the time down in Mississippi, and then he got out of it because, he you know, he killed that 200-something-inch buck down there in Mississippi. And it kind of ruined him because – he was living so much on you know what he had on the camera, trying to find that one buck, to it like burned him out, and he's like, "Oh, I'm done with trail cameras." And he's still killing big deer without trail cameras.
1: Yep, yep. So, kind of goes to show. Um, I don't know. I kind of feel like people get caught in the middle when it comes to trail cams because a lot of our. So I think where a lot of the trail cam, I guess you could call it obsession, comes from, is we've had certain guests on here in the past who. Are very adamant that if you're going to want to kill like an upper echelon huge buck, you know what I'm talking about, uh, that you really need to run trail cameras because you need to hunt where he actually exists, where he lives. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's one way that some of those guys use those cameras. They're, you're going out and you're finding that deer and you're using the camera for that purpose instead of like kind of the steel uh, Tim's word, like prospecting with them. Like you just kind of have them in spots to see what's coming through. I don't know. I guess that's uh that's something that I do. I mean, I just I kind of have them there, and I, I kind of let myself get discouraged. It's
0: like, are you? I guess there's two two different ways of thoughts on trail cameras. Are you hunting using trail cameras to find and target, and quote unquote backtrack, you know, Jeff Holman backtrack yep. a specific buck, or are you doing it more as a generalist and you're just trying to find when are deer coming through? And yeah, there's a good deer, great, but you're not really necessarily trying to then pinpoint that same buck. Yeah, Because I know guys that like, you know, we put trail cameras out in spots just to find what deer are coming through here Mm -hmm. and when are they coming through. And then kind of also like knowing where your doe groups are at Mm -hmm. compared to, you know, Josh Driver, you know, episode 141 where he's throwing out, you know, a bunch of cameras trying to find a specific buck, a specific buck's core area and then killing him in the month of September. Mm -hmm. It's different. Yep. Yep. So, uh, because, he you know, in that situation, he doesn't care if he's getting 20 does on camera. He's trying to find that one buck and stay with that one buck.
1: Yep exactly
0: so and it also i feel like the trail camera thing i love i mean trail cameras are super fun because they're fun to look at i mean who doesn't like, looking like at christmas photos? morning Yeah, who doesn't like looking at photos it's like all of, santa of claus deer? came but like, a bunch
1: of big buck pics
0: but i think i'm not i'm i am not i don't. i do not think travis murray said it this way in episode 257 uh but i'm gonna put it this way it's like kind of like the whole like uh like uh it's like deer pho- photo porn it's like you just you can't stop looking at it man <laughs> And it's just like, it's one of those things that like guys get so hyped up and I'm guilty of it too, of like checking trail cameras and just checking trail cameras a whole bunch and some guys, some people do it very successfully. Like Jeff Hogan talked about checking his cameras like every three
1: days, four days. Yeah, um, yeah He's had a lot of success doing it
0: And, you know, other guys, you know, send him the whole year. I mean, Michael Perry, you know, he'll, there's some cameras he won't touch until springtime. Um, State
1: record, but he, uh, he wasn't like running cameras on him in season. That was all like annual camera check
0: yeah annual camera checks and had him on camera well th- this year would have been his third year on camera
1: yeah he got him on camera this year but he didn't check the camera till after he killed the buck yep and he, he had come it, through like had two him weeks on before
0: once yeah once in october um so but you know there's just different ways to kind of use trail cameras i think trail cameras can still be super effective and fun to use um but also i don't think that you should put absolutely all your eggs in that basket And that's what tim talks yeah. about in this episode it's like hey you know, I don't think he has anything against trail cameras, but it's just more about not putting all your eggs into trail cameras of like when you're going to hunt and where you're going to hunt. Mm-hmm. And kind of like Paul Patero said the same thing. It's like, hey, in Paul's episode, which I think is a really good episode, talking about the scrapes, uh, or not scrapes, but talking about uh, trail cameras, is not putting all your eggs in the basket of hunting whether you had a big buck on camera or not, uh, or just a good buck on camera. Because yeah. he said if any one of those guys that had the eight trail cameras Hunted like any of these decent days that this buck was traveling through there, mm-hmm. even though they didn't have them on camera probably ever, they could have hunted there and shot that deer that was 25 yards on the other side of the camera. Yeah. So it's like that kind of situation.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's a that's a really, really excellent point because that's how I try to use, that's how I'm trying to use pretty much all of my trail cameras right now. I've got seven out. Uh, two of them are on scrapes to kind of monitor rut activity, which those are the two cell cams. And then all the other ones are on trails or creek crossings. And I'm not checking those very often, but I'm putting them there with the intent of, hey, this camera's right here. I want to see what kind of deer are coming through here and when they're coming through here. I don't have a buck I'm targeting. And so I don't necessarily um, get in the mindset of, man, there's no bucks on this camera. There's no bucks around here. I need to move on. It's just like, hey, if there's five does that come down this trail twice a week, great. That's like what I was wanting to find out um so anyways yeah it's like i never had i I never found a buck to target i mean i had a bunch of i found a bunch of good bucks that i would love to shoot but i didn't find one that i'm like okay this is worth like obsessing over like really good because there's a bunch of bucks that i I would be absolutely thrilled to shoot in this area so i'm going taking more of like a general approach to it
0: yep absolutely and it's you know there's just so many different ways to use trail cameras and again i I like the whole aspect of using trail cameras this is kind of like west uh Is like learning your does, mm-hmm. like finding that oh. one square mile area that you're gonna focus on. at 660 acres. Find it, make it your own, and you know know everything about those doe groups. So when the rut comes around, you know where what their you know daily pattern is or weekly pattern, how they move through, and how you can key in on that for the bucks. Yep. And and again, maybe you don't have bucks early season on your property on you know on that. When I say your property, that 660 acres, one square mile that you're focusing on on a piece of public. But when the rut comes, and as long as you know where those doe groups are at and their patterns, based off what you're finding with trail camera, those bucks are going to show up.
1: Yeah, or with private land. I mean, there's plenty of guys out there who are in smaller clubs. I mean, most the club I looked at a couple clubs around here this year, and most of them are 600 acres or less that are just right here. You know, within short (laughs) drive. How how many members? Oh, I don't know. That was I, I reached out like, to a couple. They got like they 13,
0: 14 them. members. Everybody's paying 650 bucks. <laughs> like, oh, my God. <laughs> Bringing yeah. wife and kids. You're like, you talk about high pressure, man. That's high pressure.
1: Yeah, I was, I was looking for a place I could slip out to go shoot some does. Bridger, get down. Or I could shoot some does, or if it had like a little uh, beaver swamp on it, I'm going to shoot some woodies for work and get kicked out of the club because everyone's mad at me for shooting small game. Yeah, yeah. Which happened to Mr. Benny one time. Really? Yeah. He's uh-huh. shooting ducks and squirrels that got kicked
0: out. During, during deers, shooting, like, oh, it's that loud Well, no, noise. he didn't get
1: kicked out. I take that back. I'm exaggerating. They banned it to make him leave, basically. They uh-huh. said, okay, no more small game hunting. And he said, okay, you can shove it. <laughs> <laughs> take this club and shove it. Take
0: this club. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, that's funny. Well, you know, yeah, it's just again, trail cameras can be very successful for people that are willing to use it, you know, but I'll say this, it's also there's something funny. It kind of going back to like the whole Travis Murray, you know, Thought Process again episode 257, um trolling for I think it's monster bucks, trolling for trophy bucks, whoever. Um and he was very effective with trail cameras finding, targeting, and killing, you know, the upper echelon of bucks in the state of Mississippi. But like he said, you know, he got kind of burnt out with it. Um, And it took like the enthusiasm out of it because he knew exactly, you know, what the deer was, you know, kind of like following along with that deer for an extended period of time. And then it was more about just killing the deer instead of actually hunting. Yeah. And it kind of, again, took some of that fun away from the actual aspect of like trying to go out and find and locate a buck. So like, oh, I already know he's here. I kind of have an idea of his pattern. I'm just sitting here and waiting for him. Yeah. Which is, hey, nothing's wrong with it. If that's what gets you excited, Mm -hmm. dude, go.
1: Do it. Yeah. Well, so. I'll say when it comes to trail cameras, um, I think the main point you know, to just really boil it down of Tim's thing is like, hey, just don't put all your faith in it. Uh, don't be so discouraged if you're not getting what you want on camera. Um, there's more to it than that. But uh, I will say, for pretty much all of our listener base, except for maybe some guys in the Midwest, everyone's deer season is still in right now. Yeah. Uh, I don't know of anywhere where deer season's out. Even if what. No, no I, well, I saw uh, our
0: old, old buddy old Steve Angel from Georgia. He's like, oh, deer season's about to be out, boys, over in Georgia. He's like, get ready for the 3D shoots. I'm like, I'm about to be out, man. Buy your Alabama license extend that season two months, dude. Man. What are you doing, dude? <laughs>
1: well, I'll say this, uh, yeah. with when it comes to latency, even if you're, when it comes to trail cameras, even if you are done with the rut and everything, maybe you're kind of starting to ease out of deer hunting a little bit if it's past the rut, maybe you filled your buck tags, but Dude, I would be out running some cameras for late season. This is something I'm going to do this year because I've never had a lot of success late season. But I am curious. Like I, I, it is something I want to take on and try to do one of these years because it's just interesting to me. Like I want to, I want to be able to go out and have success well, at that time of year.
0: So how are you going to do that when you're now getting into waterfowl hunting?
1: Oh yeah, we'll see this is what I'm. This is what I'm <laughs> which is at.
0: in the late season of, of our deer hunting. This is so.
1: this is what I'm getting at here. Okay, and, uh, I'm going to throw out all my cameras. And I'm gonna see. I'll probably deer hunt a couple times, but I'm gonna throw out all those cameras and t- you know leave them. See what they tell me for next year. A-
0: Andrew's become a. Uh, I think I think they use the term Arkansasin. He's Arkansasin some ducks. You know, water swan. They ain't got an, a chance. Andrew's a water swan, SOB. Yeah. Man. There ain't a duck there ain't safe. Freaking right I am. He's like, man, we're bringing meat home one way or the
1: other. <laughs> That's right. Then Woody's ain't got well, a chance. especially wood ducks. It's like, okay, so I could shoot him flying four inches off the water at 83 miles an hour. <laughs> or I could just wait till he lands and shoot us at still. <laughs> I'm gonna wait till he lands. Hey, I don't know. Maybe people don't that, like that. That's
0: my thing. We're dove hunting, man. It lands on that tree branch. Hey, down. Yeah. <laughs> or,
1: or wait till the moment where he's hovering, trying to land. You, you, you pop, that's you a killed, sporting you, shot. You killed a couple last <laughs> year. <laughs> or back in September, It was still on the wing. Yeah. He was
0: still <laughs> on. Oh God. Anyways, so, uh,
1: but yeah, when it comes to that, you know, if you're in one of these places, you know, Kentucky. Uh, a lot of Tennessee, Georgia.
0: A lot of these states are closing out like 1st of January. Arkansas. Um, man. Well, Arkansas. Arkansas, late season, man. They get February 28th.
1: Well, yeah, but I'm saying like post-rut stuff. Oh. Because yeah. I, I think a lot of guys lose motivation after the rut. I mean, because the ruts kind of. See, long.
0: that's why you live in like Alabama or you hunt Alabama. You chase it, man. And you just chase it all the way to the end of February or to the end of the season in February. Oh, yeah. Yep. Actually, we had a couple of listeners reach out to us that are living in other states. Why bunch of you Georgia folks, you Georgia folks, stay across that state line.
1: <laughs> you just invited them over. I, the know, I, know, I
0: did. I did. I did. No.
1: you dang non resident. <laughs> <laughs> ruining our hunt. You, you keep that money man for that out-of-state license
0: <laughs> go down to florida man for that uh that late february hunt they get down there
1: what is it about 350 non-resident license uh for annual for alabama yes it's, it's pretty pricey
0: but then again you get three buck tags in a, a, doe a day
1: depending on where you're you hunting. Get four turkeys easy there well you got you used to get five that went down to four it's about to go down to
0: three so it's probably gonna go down to like two, two yeah oh, De- debbie
1: downer there that's speculation i don't know that for yeah, sure yeah
0: andrew's yeah he's not no, inside trade in here
1: now uh we need but, to get old chuck back on the podcast
0: yeah i know yeah i've actually got a question for him
1: so what are some deer hunting updates
0: deer hunting updates because we
1: haven't given some deer hunting updates in in a hot minute
0: i can't remember what the last thing we talked about i think we talked about uh, yeah we talked about last from
1: the last one we did <clears throat> we talked about the buck you shot
0: yeah, and then we talked about me hunting off the ground in those pines and everything, and finding that scrape. And I was going to go hunt that scrape the next day. And everybody's probably wondering. Oh happened. yeah, you were it, talking a big game, like you're about to go slack. I, I felt pretty good about it. And yeah, nothing wanted to show on that. On that I mean, skunk. I should have I should have hunted it today.
1: Uh, oh my gosh, you should have hunted yeah. it today. I bet you'd have killed something.
0: Yep, if that wind was right. But uh, anyway. It's a sweet spot, dude. Yeah. It's a sweet spot in those pine, that pine thicket. Uh, oh, Michael, that same day. So me and Michael went in and hunted. So if you listen to the last week's outro, we talked about uh, me and Michael had found a, uh, well, it's not found, there's a pine thicket that I've, I've kind of targeted the last few years. <clears throat> Actually,
1: since like 2014 actually you, you targeted it in 2014 then you laid off of it for like six years, years and then came back to it and it yep. came back to it it's amazing so i
0: mean i, I remember it's always days. been good i know so i remember these pine trees were all little <laughs> now, yeah they're, i now you they're you remember
1: hanging years ago when i hunted next to it and i saw that buck in there yep. the guy's rabbit hunting mm-hmm. i drove by it the other day and i was like man this looks so different back then absolutely well the um so i hunted that
0: scrape that morning you got in there and hung the stand. it's a sweet little spot dude it's it is oh man it's awesome i mean you're literally this your your head the plat your platform is literally like head level off the ground i mean you're like five five and a half feet off the ground mm-hmm. you're just tucked up in this pine tree dude You've got plenty of back cover you get some cover in front of you too watching like five or six trails coming together at the scrape mm-hmm. sweet spot anyway is it in like a compounding feature kind of i mean there's kind of like a little opening there like you can't you can kind of see something on the map but you really can't is it like a
1: like a saddle or a bench
0: no it's next to one of those draws we were talking about kind of like one of those draws coming up out of an smz so it's like adjacent to that
1: because this would be like a community scrape wouldn't it
0: yeah yeah absolutely i mean it's huge dude it's it's half the size of this table because
1: i mean we talk a lot about community scrapes and how i guess what kind of makes it a community scrape is the location so what uh, what are the factors here? Oh, why is that scrape?
0: There? So it is adjacent to, I need to stop planting playing the old goatee on here. Um, <laughs> it is adjacent to a lot of primo bedding. So it's kind of, uh, there's a compounding feature of, you know, some of the deer will come up through the SMZ and there's a couple of trails coming up and the SMZ at the head of it is super, super thick. Uh, but some deer coming up through, some deer are going around the edge of it and coming down mm-hmm. uh, to where the scrape's at. And there's five trails that literally cross at where that scrape's at within. Mm-hmm. Five there's five trails that cross within five yards or less of it where that scrapes located. Yep. Um, some, are kind of running, you know, um, you know, directly out of the drainage, kind of coming up across, going through the pines and there's tons of bedding. There's beds everywhere, but they're bedding out kind of in those pines. Uh, and actually Michael hunted the, the backside of where I was at. He kind of came in from a different angle, actually just down the road and cut in. And, um, That morning, I mean, I sat on stand until, like, almost 11-ish and then got down. Um, And he, after, like, 8.30, he's like, dude, I'm I'm, going to slip hunt. I'm like, all right, you do you, bro. (laughs) had the wind right, and when he picked up a good bit, and he was, like, slip hunting uh, through, you know, we're bow hunting. He was, like, slip hunting through the pines, and... uh, he got to i wish we had mike on here but when he, was, he got to the smz and at some point he's texting me and I, oh i didn't have cell signal i had like spotty sex, cell signal signals out there like sometimes i get a message from him sometimes i didn't and at one point he sent me a message to get down and he's like dude i found it like i had something like i see a buck or there's a buck above me i'm like what and then i couldn't get another message and i didn't get another message to get back to the truck and he got down to smz just down from me he different smz and uh, he's probably, I don't know, 300 yards from me. And um, he was walking through and bumped the buck. He like he he was walking through, made noise, I think he called, and he heard the buck walking. He thought the buck was below him, but it turns out the buck was on the same elevation line coming down the same trail as him. So he was like, Mike was looking below. It was a like same elevation line, if not a little bit higher than him. And the buck saw him before he saw the buck and turned at like 25 yards. And it, it was
1: cruising it, the edge of the SMZ?
0: he mike was up in the smz mike thought the deer was cruising the edge of it down below mm. and it wasn't it was in the ponds where he was at Oh, okay so he said just the way it sounded when it was walking after the fact where it was walking it sounded like he was blown but really it was eye level anyways busted and, and mike was like it was shooter buck i'm like shooter buck He said, like, oh yeah it was a really good deer and if mike says it's a really good deer it's a really good deer yeah because yeah, oh, yeah yeah so anyways <laughs> mike, mike wouldn't have shot that Probably he probably wouldn't have shot that that 85 inch buck I, I just killed, but hey <laughs> I I, I, I was through I was thrilled about it. So uh, but anyways he so,
1: would have a shot that. Yeah.
0: <laughs> anyways but uh, he um let him grow let let him grow let him <laughs> let him go let him grow. Well he'll grow my freezer a little bit. I'll turn to sausage. It'll be a lot more weight after the fact. There you go. Add some pork fat to him. No but um <laughs> anyways um Uh-oh. God it's so funny. Uh, but no he's like he's like anyways he told me after the fact it was a really good deer. But the deer kind of like bumped off. But he like kind of saw him but didn't seem really good he didn't smell him and it bumped off and somehow michael got below it and circled and then got back on that deer or another buck into his bed in the pines and he saw his bed down in the pines above him oh wow and he's like down on the edge of the smz and come to find out he texted me when i get back to the truck the text message comes through he's like hey this is from like two hours earlier and he's, like, he's like he's like he's like he's like hey Hey, I've got a buck bed 30 yards above me. He was sending me screenshots. He's like, he said, like, walk this line and you know, like soft wind bump him towards me. <laughs> and I'm like, first off, <laughs> I was looking at it after the fact. I'm like, first off, I don't think that was going to work because of the wind. I, uh, it hmm. wasn't going to work. First off, and I'm like, second off, you get a bow. It's another thing if you had a, like a shotgun or rifle because uh, we're hunting a pine thicket.
1: Hey, I was about to say, ain't any such thing as a wind bump in these pine thickets. No,
0: I'm it's, like. it's. no will lay there. Oh, the, well, they're lay there or they're just going to... Anyway, I'm like, I don't, I don't, I, no, I don't think that was... I
1: it. feel like he would lay there until you got too close and then he would get up and haul out of there. Yeah. and there was, We've tried to do wind bumps before. I, I think it was last year. I'm pretty sure it was me and you or it was me and somebody. And I tried to do a bump for them. And I mean, I was just so quiet, easing through here, like as quiet as I could. And man, was it you? And I sent a doe your way or somebody's way and it went just hauling past. I never heard it. I never saw it. I was like sneaking.
0: Oh, that was when it was you, Clay, and Michael on the, uh, where the wizard was. Okay. And and you got down, I think it was, and you ran one by Clay, I think it was.
1: Yeah. And I mean, it just, I'm like, well, okay then. Yeah. It, it, it's,
0: it'd be different like if you're out, like where Mike's at right now in Iowa. And Mike was going to be on here for the outro, but, you he's know. He's hunting. He's he, trying he, to kill he, him a deer. He's trying to kill him a big old Iowa buck. But it's like out there, it's open. You know, even in the hardwoods, snow ground. So it's like you can yeah. see a deer two hundred yards. So it's like it's another thing. You bump a deer out there, you might have an opportunity if you get a firearm to shoot them. It's it's difficult when you're in a thicket. And you're like, all right, yeah,
1: no. Anyways, they're like rabbits here.
0: But uh, but no. So that was that hunting update. So Michael, after, I guess after a while, he just got out of there. Um, but uh, anyways, I didn't see any deer that morning. And then other than that, it's just been like we hunted a bunch this past week, and I saw. Very few deer. Uh, scouted one day with Pepper. We we covered like f- almost five miles, and yeah. dude, she's like she's like thirteen weeks old, and it whooped her butt. Uh, Actually, she's fourteen weeks. It whooped her, out. whooped her butt, dude. By like mile three, she was like, if I was standing there looking at the phone, she'd jump up on me. and She was like, why? She like pick she's me like, up, carry me. And I'm like, nope. <laughs> I'm like, uh, uh, now we are oh, working man. out
1: that area. That factors into my story.
0: Yeah. Well, I was gonna say, well, I went in there, and that's what I was telling you. I went in, and found a ton of really good sign big buck sign, big rubs big tracks the whole nine yards a bunch of does uh, and i saw on that track on that uh scouting trip and we covered it's about three four hours uh kind of the loop we did and um saw just a ton of sign and i saw a spike Bumped a spike out of his bed uh on one of the compounding features um and then found and it found dude i found a i think i told you found a watering hole like on the side of a little mm-hmm. ridge that was awesome it's like man put a pin on this for early season because a bunch yeah. of big oaks next to it <clears throat> but uh so i think I, it was like a total of eight eight or nine deer on that trip on that scouting trip and then you text me or something about like hey i need to go you know go hunt someplace and you went someplace that morning it wasn't working out Uh, i'll
1: say yeah i can't say exactly what but there was road conditions that prevented me from getting to my area yeah so So, i like this area i've got all my cameras i've I've put a lot of time into it i intend to like pretty much only hunt that place mm -hmm. in the rut uh just because of how much time there's so many bucks there feel like i got really good odds My last three bucks have came from this general area, not the spots I'm hunting now, but the general area. So uh, I'm trying to stick to that. And so I was, man, I was, I was aggravated that morning. Yep. (laughs) I was really aggravated because I was trying to get there. Great weather conditions, had all day to hunt, daylight, dark, which I, I haven't had that opportunity yet this year. Um and, yeah, I can't say what it was. It just, it, it, there was something it. that prevented – there was road conditions that prevented me from getting to this area. Yeah. Which was extremely upsetting. Yeah. So I I bail, and I go to a backup spot. go sit next to this pond. I really like sitting in ponds. And uh, I'm doing it partly to because it's like a pinch point. It's a good pinch point, backside of bedding. So I'm kind of watching that. But also I want to see if any ducks drop into it because it's really easy to get to. So I'm like, well, I could take Boone there and uh and get him like an easy little hunt in um so i sit there i see a doe and i'm just kind of sitting there i I didn't even bring my stuff because i was gonna uh i was gonna call you when you woke up i texted you and i said hey call me when you wake up because you had i think you had the same issue with the road condition the week before i'm like hey when did this clear up Mm -hmm. and i was trying to i was that's what i was gonna ask you and you're like what are you doing like go hunt this spot and i was like you good with that? Cause you scouted it. You walked five miles. Like I'm not going to walk in there on you. And so you said, yeah. And you were like, well, Hey, come get my muzzleloader. Mm-hmm. So I came to your house, got your muzzleloader and, uh, went out there and went the long way in the really long way in and, um, went to where you saw t- Tell about the does. Um,
0: there is a, uh, got up on the edge <clears throat> and, uh, found where a bunch of does were coming out. Um, into a cutover uh, into a
1: thicket or from a thicket coming and, out of a pine thicket into a cutover yeah into a cutover
0: and uh, actually it was a bunch of does and it was one little buck like smaller than anything in this room like a little like an EDB little buck like like not Jacob shooting buck
1: it's real, it real little low standards low standards <laughs> <laughs> yeah
0: so if I don't hit my standards it's definitely small oh yeah uh, but anyways and they they, they were coming out of this one little corner and I told you that. And I was like, dude, I'm like, there's does there. It's probably a good buck. Probably going to be a good deer around there. Plus, I found all that sign, you know, adjacent to it. So I was like, dude, you need to go in there and hunt somewhere on this little ridge yep. and watch that edge. So,
1: yeah. And this area is a place that has some good history. We know some people who've killed some good bucks in this area. Um, I used to hunt it like six or seven years ago ish.
0: I wish I would have hunted it six or seven years ago if I'd have known back
1: then. If I, was, I would have known now, would I know now? I was just bumbling around like a dummy back then. Yeah, if I'd have known. It's terrible. But so um, I I hunted it back then. I abandoned it for this other area that I've been hunting just because pressure got up. So I was kind of trying to get away from pressure. But so you went in there and scouted, found the deer, gave me your blessing. I walk in. and uh, I, I was the guide on this hunt. I got the muzzleloader. <laughs> I'm pumped with the muzzleloader because, you know, I, feel, I just feel more confident with a gun in my hand. And uh, I walk up this cutover, so I'm like, okay, I'm going to slip up into this cutover and kind of still hunt my way through it, look real careful in the draws, Mm -hmm. really glass the brush pile, see if I can pick one out. Um, And then I'm going to figure out a place to climb, and I didn't know if I was going to get – I didn't know if I was going to sit in the cutover and watch the edge, which actually I wasn't anticipating – I wasn't planning on doing that at all, Uh, that edge where you saw all the does. Mm -hmm. But I work up there, and we got a heavy rain that night. And I get up to the top. There's kind of like a little bench right there, right where this this pine thicket comes to a corner in this cutover, and there's a really heavy deer trail coming down that bench, and a lot of deer tracks all over it from the day before. They'd all been rained on, but you could still just see them. But, but by the way,
0: because I didn't realize like the whole layout of this place, uh-huh. were you farther like down on that bench, like that little peninsula that went out into the hardwoods? Uh. At one point or another? Maybe. Okay. I'll have a share of the map. Really. Oh, yeah, yeah, I didn't realize until like a couple days later when I went back in there and like hunted around. I was like, oh my gosh, this looks way different. Like when you look at the map and then you yeah. you're out there, and like, oh, this looks weird. If you
1: look at the tree I got in? Yes. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So I got, so yeah, I walk up to that spot and I see this heavy deer trail and I'm kind of like thinking, okay, what should I do? Because this cutover... For some reason, I don't know why I have like an aversion to cut. I know they're so good, but I like never want to sit in them, which is really stupid. I've had a lot of bad experiences in cutovers with big bucks, um, which spoiler alert. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and I was going to drop down below this and get on this bench or in one of these draws that kind of comes out of this pine thicket. Or I was going to get at the head of one of the draws and kind of try to look into the pine thicket because mm-hmm. that's where I've killed bucks the last two years. And um, I'm sitting there. It's really cold, really windy that day, and so I'm, I'm cold walking in because I, I don't have a lot of layers on because I don't want to sweat because I would walk so far, and so I see this little berm brush pile thing out in the cutover, and so I, I get down, I hunker down in it, kind of like tuck up in there like a rabbit or something, get out my big sweater, pull it over, and I'm just going to kind of sit there and warm up for a minute, kind of catch my breath because I just walked up this big mountain, and uh, just try to not sweat and just sit there and think for a minute, because I find I always do better in the woods when I just slow down and and just linger for a while. And I've had a lot of encounters like that. And uh, we had some stuff going on that day. I had to call Tiffany, and then I had to call my mom. So I'm sitting here in this brush pile, and I'm, like, talking to them. Slash pile. Yeah, yeah, slash pile, whatever. And uh, I'm sitting there talking to them for, like, 15 minutes, and I get off the phone with my mom, and I hang up. And I'm sitting there and I put my phone back in my pocket and I kind of bundle up, kind of warm my hands up. And I mean, it couldn't have been five minutes. It was probably, I don't know, it might have been less than a minute, dude. It was quick. I'm like sitting there bundled up and I just hear, I mean, like loud. And I was like, oh my gosh. I was like, it was one of those where you're like, that was a buck. Like, there's no doubt. So I'm like, where is he? And I'm looking down, I can kind of see down this hardwood draw. So you got three edges right here mm-hmm. you got a pine thicket, you got a hardwood draw, and you got a cutover. He's not in the cutover, obviously, because I've been sitting there watching it for 15 minutes. Um, I'm thinking he's coming up this hard to draw, so I'm like kind of looking, peeking down there. I get the gun up. I'm like, that was a buck for sure. And uh, he does it again. He grunts like two or three more times. I'm like, man, where is he? And I look right at the corner of where these pines are, and I just see like antlers like coming out. And I was like, oh, good buck. It wasn't like, oh, what is he? It's like, well, that's a good buck well that's a taxidermy bill <laughs> that's a taxidermy <laughs> like, that, that's how we need to start i'm, describing. I'm notoriously bad about euro mounting bucks that i should have mounted yeah and uh man that was a no question that was a no question he was immediately noticed he was way outside the ears okay so it wasn't like he's right at the ears or anything no, he not, was outside not,
0: not a classic alabama buck
1: not a classic alabama buck i mean he was like several inches outside the ears which is rare like i don't see that i don't see that kind of buck very often Big tall tines, just big, framey, like the, angular the, rack. Yeah, I don't know how to put it, man. So,
0: so the the way Andrew describes a big buck is like he's just real framey. You know, he just dude. he's just
1: he, his beams come out. He's framey, dude. Give me some descriptions, <laughs> bro. I need I need some more like adjectives. Uh, I don't know how to put framey. it. framey. His uh his his rack, it's like uh, angular. Ang- what does that mean? It, mean it's, it means his his antlers come out and they're wide, and then it's like bam, like they. they Twist around like real hard, oh. and his uh, main beams almost touched. Like almost like Zach's buck. No, more like Muzzy's buck. Okay. So if okay. you go back to last year's episode, um, I don't know. I don't know episode. what episode number, but it was uh, the one where my, our friend Zach Eccles. This time last year, literally like this a, time last year, yeah. he killed a 165 inch buck out here. Yeah. And uh, his, and then our other buddy Muzzy, who's on that podcast with us, he killed a buck. It was like 140 high 140s. Mm-hmm. Um. It looked very similar to Muzzy's buck. It wasn't that big, I don't think. Um, but it it looked very similar to that. Where his buck, it just it's just big and like cagey. Really tall KG, tines. Cagey, there you go. Yeah. Really tall tines too. I mean, just a really good buck, dude. I the best buck I've seen in years. Like years for sure. Uh but by far would have been my best buck. <laughs> and he comes out and he's standing here. And this
0: story is just, it's just, <sighs> it's just really hyping it up.
1: Dude, God, no. It, break y'all's hearts here in a minute. Just crash and burn, baby. So he's standing there at the edge. And the way that where this edge falls, so the corner of this pine thicket pops out in this cutover. And there's a itty bitty little thermal hub right there, little crow's foot. So you got three draws kind of running into each other right there. And there's this little bowl in the edge of the cutover. And he pops out right in the bottom of that bowl and the way that he's facing, he starts walking out into the cutover and there's a little rise between me and him uh, and he's coming up the draw on the other side of that rise and he's he's coming straight up the thermal hub. So I'm like, I'm getting ready. If he he stays on that trail, he's going to walk 40 yards broadside in front of me and I'm like tucked up. He ain't going to see me. I'm like, oh, this is about to be good. And he kind of stops and he's like looking around and he's grunting when he's like out there in the cutover. And now looking back, I think that he popped out I think he's probably, like, not chasing a doe, but there's a doe in there he's kind of playing cat and mouse with. And I think he was grunting, like, seeing if he can like, make her respond or, or move or something. Mm-hmm. I think he was trying to find her. And so he popped out, and he grunted, and he was looking around real hard. He was, like, stretching his head up, trying to look out into the cutover because it's all tall grass and slash piles, real messy. And I'm thinking he's going to come out there, and he turns around, and he starts heading up the edge of this pine thicket. Dude, you need
0: you need that 2D uh decoy at that point.
1: Oh who hit, in hit that can call for the do decoy. Or do it, get out get out the white handkerchief and just, you know, wave it in the air one good time and put it back in my pocket. That's a good way to get shot. I was gonna say let's, <laughs> don't do that. Don't do that. <laughs> Anyways, he starts working up the edge and I'm 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 too low to shoot. It's kind of hard to explain how this lays out, but there's stuff in between me and him. I'm like too low. I'd have to stand up straight to get like a more clear shot which I could have done, and I actually did do. I stood up straight. I mean, I was standing up, kneeling down. I was doing everything. He wasn't paying attention, so I could kind of move on him. And there was this one tree to my right where I was like, I should run over to that tree and rest on it to shoot this. Or I had the berm to my left, and I was like, I should lay down on the berm. And But the tree was a little bit too low where I'm like, if I go to that tree, I don't think I'm going to be able to shoot through any of that cover. So I climb up on top of the berm and lay down. Get ready for him and everything. He walks into the, what was the only gap that he would have walked through. Hammer back, finger on the trigger, ready to shoot. And I don't. I'm not super experienced with muzzleloaders. so uh, this is all Jacob's fault, by the way. Jacob's talk. <laughs> Jacob's been talking to me all week about how you know are real finicky. It's not like a rifle where you're shooting a projectile three thousand feet per second. Um, you, you want to explain that a little bit?
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, it's it's. You know, it's one thing when you're, you got a rifle and you're shooting, you know, 2,800 feet per second or faster. You know, if you shoot and you shoot through a little bit of brush, if that bullet was to start spinning and keyholing, it's still going extremely fast. It's Mm going to do a lot of damage. Where a muzzler bullet, you know, you you may like with that gun, it's doing probably because of that bullet and everything, that weight chart is probably doing about 1,500 feet per second. Mm -hmm. And yeah, it's got a lot of momentum shooting a 325 grain projectile. But if it starts going sideways or something, like, it's not going to get much penetration. Like, it's, it won't. It, if you hit brush beforehand, I would be very – I would be worried personally to, like, shoot through any kind of brush with a muzzleloader. I mean – and when I mean brush, I'm just – I'm talking, like, get like a little bit of saplings and stuff in front of there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you, you may punch one through, or right. you may get a deflection and freaking just keyholes him and he just – it doesn't get the penetration. And then yeah. you get, like, five, six inches of penetration on a deer that's – one lung. Ma- if deal. maybe yeah I mean it, or you know who knows and maybe it goes all the way through and freaking keyholes and still goes through. well I mean keyhole the bolt the the, the bolt's spinning it's like rotating sideways instead of rotating uh, like a spiral yeah so, so
1: um, and like so I was aware of that you talked to me about it and everything because again not experienced
0: yeah I straight up told you I was like I would not shoot through brush yeah. like just I, I just I would not do it with a muzzle litter, But but yeah. anyway he gets
1: into this gap that I would have not even blinked with a rifle mm-hmm. and like, again, hammer back finger on the trigger. And I start, I start to shoot him and I'm like, I'm going to wait because he's walking up this fire break and there's a wide open gap he's walking right towards. And so he, uh, he's in that gap. I passed the shot. What did the shot look
0: like? As in like
1: quartering away, slightly quartering away, um, 80 ish. Well, no, probably like a hundred ish yards. Mm-hmm. And there was a little bit. So Right. The thing that made me nervous about it was over right next to him, like right on the other side of him was a a few little saplings. And I couldn't tell if they were like hardwood saplings or if they were like goldenrod Mm. that grows in a cutover, which is like a hollow, like light stem, Mm -hmm. which probably wouldn't be a big deal. Um, I could see that on his end, not a ton of it, but some of it. And then on my closer to me, like 10, 15 yards in front of me, there was grass, like big sage grass and everything kind of obscuring it a little bit. So the way that I've been describing it since it happened is if I had have taken that shot, I feel like it was probably 60-40, I kill him. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, that's just not, like, you shouldn't take a shot that you're not 100% on. And I'm like, I really don't want to wound him. So I, I pass the shot. And basically, right before he gets to the other gap, he turns around and walks back down to where he came out of. And goes back up in the thicket, and I see him walk back up in there, and he never came back out. Um, so yeah, I was pretty sick about that. I was real upset for a while.
0: So so one thing I want to do, I want to do this, it, and you know every shot's completely different, so it'd be hard to like test this. But mm-hmm. um, uh, what's the YouTube channel? Eric Veteran eighty eight eighty eight, I think on uh, YouTube, uh-huh. Big Gun Channel. He did a test. This is like three four years ago where he had, it was like 50. It might not have been that. It might have been eight, ten different calibers that they shot through brush, like shot through like privet with a steel plate in the backside mm-hmm. at like different distances and different cover, like different thicknesses of cover mm-hmm. to see what would actually go through. And the only thing that went through it all the way, like every single time was a forty-five seventy. <laughs> and a forty-five seventy, it didn't matter what it hit. I mean, it was going through like, you know, brush as <laughs> big around as your thumb. It went straight through and hit the target every time.
1: Nice.
0: And I'm like, get okay. me a forty-five mean, seventy. But he shot like a 270 and it freaking deflected. But again, mm-hmm. but it's real thick stuff he was shooting through. And I almost would like to do that with a muzzleloader, and just just to personally, not even to put on YouTube, just to personally see, okay, what is possible. But even though you hit the target, if you're hitting that target and that bullet's going yeah. sideways, and it's already lost, you know, three hundred, four hundred feet of, uh, you know, feet per second uh, from velocity because yeah. it, it hit something. Um, you hit the deer. I don't know if you're going to kill the deer. That's why I, muzzle, I know so many people that wound deer with muzzleloaders. Yeah, like I, when we talked to. Um, a uh, guy we know up in Tennessee, uh, uh, Charles Miller, who's got a tracking couple tracking dogs. One's uh, Dallas, who's tracked a couple deer for me in Tennessee. He talked about he gets the most calls. For tracks during muzzleloader season, because guys take frontal shots with a muzzleloader at different distances, and it you, just you feel like you have a rifle, but you,
1: you, you it's just, not a rifle.
0: You know, you're going at the fastest, unless you're shooting a smokeless muzzleloader. You're go, at the fastest, you might be going two thousand feet per second, mm-hmm. but it's with a bullet that, depending on the bullet you're getting, may or may not be made to hit a super hard target at that speed. Yeah, and then some of them just won't expand under a certain you know uh, speed of velocity. Mm-hmm. Just kind of getting towards towards ballistics. Some people probably don't care about that, but anyways that's the finicky 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 part of like a (laughs) muzzleloader is like you're not going very fast and the bullet, depending on the bullet you're shooting, may or may not expand after a certain velocity. So some guy's are like, I'm going to shoot a muzzle like 250 yards. Well, is your bullet going to expand at 250 yards? Mm-hmm. Maybe, maybe it doesn't. And depending on how much penetration you're getting. Yeah, you might hit it, but is it going to kill a thing? Yeah. Anyways, um, same thing with this. is like that brush. is like shooting through that brush. I mean, you don't really know. And, of course, you know, there's me guys. I'll probably message you like, you miss every shot, you don't take. That's true.
1: Yeah. But, you know,
0: <laughs> I personally, I passed up a couple of good deer. I, I think I told you this before uh, on our family forum kind of a similar situation just kind of shooting through some brush and just pass and it was a really it would have been my biggest buck ever um uh, like 100 and almost probably close to 130 inch nine point and it was just like one of those things that yeah could have killed it maybe you know was there a high chance of me probably winning the deer probably and it's just like okay
1: yeah yeah i mean the the two things that kind of make me feel good about it because i was real upset for a while because you know you only get so many opportunities And this has happened to me year after year after year. It used to happen a lot more than it does now, but you you see that buck and he's in front of you and you miss that chance and you just sit down and you know, like, man, at most I get like three or four chances a year Mm -hmm. on a great year. A lot of years I get one or two chances. And it's like, that was one. One feature with OnX maps you should be taking advantage of this season is their southern rut heat map. It's basically exactly what it sounds like. It's a map that will show you what the peak rut dates are for wherever you plan on hunting. I actually went through and I looked at all the places that I have hunted in the past and I'm going to hunt and it's pretty much dead on for every single place I've used it. So if you plan on traveling around the southeast, maybe hunt some new areas this fall, go check it out and go check out all the other neat layers that OnX has on their app. You'll find all kinds of useful stuff like slope angle shading, crop distribution, thermal deer cover and even acorn producing oaks. And hit the link in the description below to go try out Onyx for free and use the promo code SOUTHERN for a 20% discount. Know where you stand with Onyx Hunt. We took it all.
0: We brought them to our
1: land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse.
0: Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end, what will I
1: become? Senwa saga Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices you know, I'm glad I I'm glad I had the self control to not take that shot. Cause if I had a shot and wounded him or missed him, mm-hmm. then I would be kicking myself because I didn't let him walk into that wide open. At, gap. Yeah,
0: you a second guess yourself. And it's like that's a good point. It's like you know, you could force a shot, but then you never know how it would have turned out. Like maybe because I've done that too. I've missed deer. I missed one deer with a muzzleloader. This is one reason I'm coming to towards this. I missed a doe in Arkansas with a muzzleloader at. Forty five yards, and there was brushing between me and her, and I shot right through it, thinking I'm going to hit her like with a rifle, and it freaking deflected like mo- like it yeah. didn't even come close to her, and that was at forty five yards, and that's one of the reason why I'm kind of self conscious about this stuff, especially with a muzzleloader, but it's like, yeah, like you never know, like if I would have waited, would I've got a better shot? Well, now you know what happened, but it's like, yeah, I don't know, he's still out there to chase. So
1: yeah, I mean, it is what it is, and and I was feeling. So by the way, what what kind of I think got him to stop because mm-hmm. he was coming right up that fire break with a purpose i think he winded the doe because the way that the wind was coming the wind was coming perfect where you know cruising down downwind side mm-hmm. uh, i think that he popped out down there and he was looking for her and then when he didn't find her he was kind of looping back up to kind of go back up in there and he definitely caught it looked like he caught wind of a doe in there he looked just like one of our dogs looks when they're out there looking for something and you put a bird out or you put a treat out there and they're just w- running and then they kind of stop They hit a wall They hit a wall and turn that nose kind of goes up and yeah. then they kind of go to it with a purpose that's exactly what he did
0: well also right where it sounded like where you're describing it, it's right where all those does were coming out the evening before mm-hmm. or whenever it took a couple days before i was in there yeah. they were all coming out in that little low spot mm-hmm. and i'm sure yeah he probably hit that and not only probably smelt winded a deer you know bedded up in that you know up on you know in that pine thicket but uh also might have hit potentially some ground scent from does in there earlier that morning. Cause you didn't get in. That was like mid, that was like late morning. It was 1045. Yeah. So roughly. I mean, you, it wasn't like you were in there at six or five 30 and saw what had happened that morning. You were in kind of later. So yeah. Yeah.
1: 1045 kind of midday hours, which can be really great. So that was my heartbreak. Yeah. Um, ended up seeing a doe later that day. The doe, man, I thought for sure I was on pins and needles. So after that happened, I'm like, well, I'm just going to sit here the rest of that. Cause I was thinking maybe he'll come out. Mm-hmm. There's so many does in there and it looks like he went a the deer. And they've been coming out here. Maybe, the, maybe she'll come out and bring him. And it got to be like about like getting close to dark, sundown. And uh, I, I like look up, and here comes this doe coming right through the cutover, just golden hour, golden grass, you know, sage grass. She's coming down, working right to me. I'm like, oh yeah, here we go. I'm like looking behind her. I'm like, come on, baby, where's he at? Nothing. She she works all around me. Gets like 15 yards from me.
0: Yeah. Well, wait, when I hunted in there, like the next day or whatever. Um, i bumped a deer out of it there was a deer i just freaking screwed up that morning trying to get set up i made too much noise and just
1: messed it up man uh, that
0: and the wind was a little iffy and probably i don't know it was it was a crap shoot but um i saw the tree the tree that you climbed which by the way i can see with the with a saddle be on the back so that, that's one thing we've talked a lot about like climbers re- recently and lock-ons and some of the saddles too Everything has a different purpose. Yep. That spot, because of how open it is, the saddle is key because you climbed up there in that tree with a climber bottom, uh, the platform, Mm -hmm. but then use your saddle. You're on the backside of that tree and the tree had a lot of limbs in it. And you're on... Dude, it looked... I was up there. I'm like, dang, dude, that would look good. Like, you get in the backside of that tree in the saddle. No idea. Dude, like, a deer could look right up at you and just... You did blend in with the limbs. Uh,
1: she did several times. When she got 15 yards from me, I could hear her sniffing and everything. Uh, <laughs> she, <laughs> she came down there, and uh, I mean, yeah, that's what I did because my my choices at that point after the buck, when I'm like, okay, I'm sitting here the rest of the day, I could get in a slash pile, mm-hmm. which there was a bunch of. The problem with the slash pile is you're like pretty, you're a little bit too close for comfort when it comes to concealment because you can't be quiet on them. Yeah, it's already a pretty quiet day. Uh, but also the trail if he pops out like let's say that he pops out and he walks the same trail he was initially walking where he's coming through that thermal hub out into the cut if you're on a slash pile he's gonna walk within 10 yards of you which is fine but that's he's gonna be facing you the whole time it's gonna be really hard to get up and get on him um and that that tree was there and looking down into that thing i'm really glad i got in the tree because you could see all of it you could see everything as opposed to a slash pile you're going to have dead spots where it's too low but yeah i i climbed up i actually brought the whole climber in there Mm -hmm. um, because i didn't know how i was going to set up so i just carried the climber and i was going to use my saddle as the safety harness um, or i was going to do what i ended up doing and i just climbed up that tree kind of got up in the canopy hung on the back side of it i mean this tree out is out there like a freaking toothpick it is
0: when i first by the way when i first got in the spot and i was hunting and i looked down i thought i saw, knew the tree you were laying I'm like, man that's a little bitty oak and it, i was like that's real close to the hub and then i like i just happened to look farther you know to you know the, the other, other way direction. yeah yeah and uh i was like oh that's the tree dude because yeah. then i saw the slash pile up in front of it that you were talking about like you were gonna get on so yeah anyways yeah. it's it's sweet dude yeah it's, it it's came in set. super handy
1: it's a good setup man it's a great, it's a great setup i oh, would hunt it again yeah especially this time of year. But interestingly, so we've been talking about the rut kind of started here <clears throat> starts, starts getting good about Thanksgiving really kicks up that first week of December, kind of right in the middle of it right now. Mm-hmm. And, uh, which we're recording this the day before it drops and kind of like you said earlier, our cameras have pretty much went dead, especially the scrape cameras. There, there's been very little activity on them over the last week and a half, two weeks. And then all of a sudden, what three days ago, they just lit up all kinds of bucks hitting those scrapes. And so we mentioned it earlier. Both of my cell cameras on scrapes, they got hit. Mm-hmm. Baxley just texted me. He found his buck. Did he really? Yeah, I got it.
0: Oh, <laughs> dude. We should call him and get him on the podcast, yeah. bro. <laughs> He just texted me. He
1: said, got him. Oh, dude. T- <laughs> hey,
0: tell him to send us a photo. I want to see a photo. All right, just text him but tell Let's him, see him. Telling Ginger Bow hunter because yeah, he called him saying if he wanted us to help track. And I'm like, dude, we're doing a podcast, but I'm, I'm down to drive out over afterwards.
1: Yep. Smoked him. So that deer was working a scrape?
0: How far? How far? Oh, he probably got I want to know the, deets, uh, the details. Shot it off the ground working a scrape.
1: Off the ground working a scrape. Our buddy, uh, Will Kissinger, a friend of his, he texted me uh, that a friend of his shot one on a scrape out there this morning. Something's going on where all of a sudden they're just hammering scrapes right here. This is about peak breeding, according mm-hmm. to the state. Yeah. Um, which i found this to be pretty accurate in most places I've hunted. And so, I th- what, do you, what do you think
0: it is? I, I think it was, there's there's a you know pretty high deer number. I think there was a bunch of does that came in early. Not early, but just... That, that the, beginning of the bell yeah, curve. The, the first bell curve, there was a quite a bit of does. Probably like a third of them or whatever came in, say like the first, maybe like the last week or so. Yep. You know, this, uh, you know, December, you know, 7th, 8th, 9th, 10th, 11th, 12th, something like that came in. And then now they're they're out and there's about to be more does come in. And it's like a little lull period. And then the breeding, because all the bucks were with does, it seemed like. Yep. Because I had run-ins with bucks bumping does and all, anyways, all this kind of stuff. So I think that was a factor. And then uh, right now we're kind of right in between them. Yeah. So the bucks are back on these scrapes. They're hitting scrapes super, super hard. And also I'm, I'm thinking you know, we don't have a ton of trail cameras out so it's not like we're seeing a lot of like really broken up bucks Mm -hmm. but I would suspect they're probably being pretty aggressive right now Um, as in like if you were going to go out there and call you'd probably do pretty good right now Mm -hmm. Uh, because the bucks are definitely back on their feet seeking does Um, and it'll probably, probably have another kind of kind of lull in it probably in the next you know five to seven days yeah uh where some of these other does kind of come back in or co- come in for the first time these bucks are back on them and then it's gonna be like if you're gonna kill them man you better be close to where those does are really like especially bedding at um so that's gonna be huge 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 because like i hunted a spot that actually where i shot my buck uh two weeks ago whatever three almost three weeks ago yep uh i hunted that same spot t- two times three times three times since then and had not seen a deer since then
1: man and it was just, ruined
0: the spot which is, which is crazy well it's it's one of the spots you can get in super super clean with the wind but it's just like dude it's like just no deer or there how much
1: of it do you think is you just not being able to see him
0: i mean that that's a real factor i mean i was looking or missing him or missing them. yeah i feel like if it's a buck though in that kind of cover unless he's just not that big of a buck you're gonna see antler yeah like it's that, that was the number one I saw my when I saw my buck I saw the doe first and then all I saw was just the white antlers behind, or the buck behind her that was all I saw I was like okay well that was easy there he is yeah there he is uh, so unless he's like a chocolate horn buck you know real dark rack I mean you're gonna see that in that cover yep um, but does is another question I mean you could have a doe out there dude at like a like pretty decent distance and if she's not moving erratically if, yeah, if she's not exactly if she's not if she's just slipping dude you ain't gonna see her
1: yeah Yep, that's the tough thing about hunting spots like that is it's a lot of ground to cover. You know, it's a big, it's a big giant cut over with sage grass in it, as tall as you, just about. Oh, a lot yeah. of pine trees, absolutely, cedars, briars, whole nine yards. Just the best oh. looking thicket ever for a deer. Yeah, so when I,
0: by the way, when I hunted last, I, I came out and you know there's a bunch of briars. Yeah, coming. Well, whenever it's the house and uh, parents were over visiting, and they were like, oh where's Pepper at? I'm like, well, she, she you know they, they were playing with Pepper. They had text me earlier, and. um uh, we were talking about everything. Man, some old boy just called me. Um, we were talking about, it and my mom, my mom was. I was sitting there on the ground uh, messing around with Pepper, and uh, she's like, "What's on your ear?" And I'm like, I don't, "I don't know." And I'm like, "What is it?" She's like, "It looks like it's a bug." I'm like, "I don't think it's a bug." I'm back there, and it's a big old dry spot of blood on the backside of my ear. She's like, "Why do you have blood in your ear?" I'm like, "It's it's a briar thicket." I mean, when you're, I mean. People, happens. Listen, my 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 signature tagline, whatever on on the hunting beast forum is, if it's if you ain't bleeding, it's not, not thick, thick it. enough, and that's I mean, <laughs> I live by that. And I mean, every time you go in there, you're coming out bloody, bloody arms, hands. I mean, my hands, like, dude, it looks like if someone saw my hands during deer season, especially this time of the year, they would think like I'm getting in fight with a freaking cat or like I don't know something else, dude. I mean, it's all they're all tore up, I've been arms, fighting squirrels, something, all <laughs> arms all tore up, and it's uh, yeah, it's just briars. So
1: uh, one thing I'm excited about. First of all, I don't know what you're doing tomorrow, but you should really go hunt a scrape in the morning. If I were you, I would hunt a scrape in the morning. Let's see, let's see what the wind is. Old, old Spartan. Forge. I would find a scrape to hunt in the morning. That's for sure. I would hunt somewhere in the morning because they're on their feet right now, for sure. Um, but I'm I'm pretty excited about this little little nugget of info we're getting here with all the scrape activity right here in these days because next year
0: yeah we're definitely gonna can't. oh son hold on
1: is the wind right for your spot a little six feet off the ground east southeast let's get it let's go you better hunt that spot tomorrow i'm trying to think i almost kind of want to hunt that scrape again i ain't gonna lie I would hunt the scrape based on everything we've been seeing. Well, the it's a,
0: there's also a scrape line a lot closer, mm-hmm. like a lot closer to like almost like really the road. Like there's a bunch of scrapes right there, but the problem is it's like those kind of scrapes. Like I can't tell. It doesn't look, they don't look nothing like that big scrape, like the community scrape.
1: I'd hunt the big scrape. I would personally hunt the He's, hold on, the what's, scrape. what's the one, what's the one plus me,
0: especially if we get good thermals. God,
1: dude, mm-hmm. that'd be awesome.
0: I mean, no. dude, you're shooting a deer at like the farthest shot in there's 22 yards. Most of the shots were like twelve to fifteen, like that scrapes sixteen yards from me.
1: Oh yeah, get it. And
0: all the trails come. There's one trail that comes right by the tree. Like if that if a deer comes right by the tree, I'm kind of screwed. I mean, like I, I've to get to this tree, you got to burrow. I've got a there's a tunnel. It's like oh uh, like privet and stuff, and you got to go through this little tunnel to the tree.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So there's a trail on the outside of this tunnel of like all this uh, privet, yeah, and you literally go through it. And you hit the tree and it's like an open spot got opened up next to the tree. You yep. put your backpack down. You literally hang the stand on the ground. Like you literally reach up, hang the stand. Oh, wow. You hang one stick and you climb up in it. Uh, but the cool thing is like nothing can get to the tree really unless it comes to that real thick stuff. So everything goes around you, which is cool.
1: That's good. Yeah. Well, so, um, another good spot might be where I got walked in on two weeks ago. That's a good That's a good story. We haven't told. <clears throat> we got the spot where I've got a couple cameras. Would that
0: would that one be good for that spot?
1: East, southeast? Yeah. I would hunt it with that. Would you? Yeah. Because I think they're going to be looping through there, and there's two scrapes right there. I I, I think it'd be good. Um, it'd be a little bit risky, but...
0: You got to risk it for the biscuit, man.
1: got to risk it hey, for hey, the biscuit. Hey, you
0: know, we're hanging in like hair in a biscuit.
1: Yeah, buddy. Dang right. I go up there. I was going to go check that spot, <clears throat> and I pulled my cards on those cameras, and it's a freaking... Buck Parade. This is interesting.
0: Oh, that spot. Okay, that's not the spot I was thinking of. So thinking this this spot.
1: is kind of interesting, by the way. So yeah. I, I'm doing like an experiment with this spot. There's big saddle. There's an upper trail and a lower trail in the saddle. Mm-hmm. It's a pretty tight saddle. Um, Actually, a saddle I've killed a couple bucks in over the last couple of years. And um, it, it's all thick. The whole thing's cut. And there's a trail kind of higher up on the hill. And there's a trail kind of down towards the bottom of the saddle. And I put a camera on both of them. Because I'm kind of curious to see what's coming through where. And the top trail got a bunch of, I had basically a doe group, same does it looked like, mm-hmm. kept coming through. And then I had one buck come through, and he was a nice one, really nice one. Thick, just kind of bladed out a little bit. I mean, really nice buck. I'll be thrilled if I kill him. Uh, the bottom trail is a buck parade, dude. I mean, like nine different bucks, I think, all in all. And I would, no questions asked, shoot. At least four of them, Um, which me and you were looking at the videos the other day. A couple solid bucks. Nice deer. So I was walking down that road. I kind of park off the side, kind of hide my truck a little bit. Mm -hmm. And I I hear someone come and drive down the road and I let them go by. So then I pop out there and I start walking down the road because I got to walk down the road to pop into my spot. And I'm trying to hurry because I don't like getting caught out on the roads. I don't like people seeing where I'm going. And I hear the guy coming back behind me. I'm like, oh, crap. (laughs) And this guy pulls up next to me, and he rolls down his window, and uh, he's got this grin, and he's like, Southern Outdoorsman, right? (laughs) I was like, you found me? (laughs) He ended up being a really cool guy. We got got in a conversation. Uh, He hunts some family land, and um, he's just getting into the public land thing, trying to get his first public land deer, uh, just trying to kind of expand his horizons. And I was impressed um, just with, like, how he was – talking to me about what he'd been finding i'm like dude you're on the right track i mean like he's doing everything right he's hunting the right cover um which is probably you know talk too much on this show (laughs) he found my spot he wasn't looking for my spot but just based on what we talk about on here um kind of ended up in the same area coordinated a little bit i said hey i'm just i'm diving in right here and uh he's like i'm gonna go around and i'm hunting this other area i think there's like a miscommunication I worked through here and set up and he ends up walking in on me like two hours later, which I don't care. I really don't care about getting walked in on at all. Uh, I don't, I don't really think it messes you up all that bad. I'm like, well, first of all, maybe he'll push a deer to me. Second of all, it could be like that thing with Michael last year where he goes walking off and all of a sudden the deer hear him walk off and they get curious. So Michael killed a buck last year. Killed a big buck last year. So I really don't mind at all. Uh, But he, he messaged me later. He He felt pretty bad about it. I'm like, dude, don't sweat it. But he sent me a, Trail cam picture of a buck he had on camera. Same buck, one of the same bucks I had on camera. It's just been all over the place in there. So um hope he kills one of them, man. Awesome. Love to get a picture.
0: Yeah. Well, all right. I think we, I think we solidify this. I think I know where we're gonna go in the morning.
1: You gonna hit that scrape? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. Let's go. I mean, they're on him right now. They'd probably, they'd probably. To be honest, probably should have hunted this morning. You probably would have killed a buck if you sat Pro- there this morning. Probably. Well, you know that's uh that's how it is.
0: I'm trying to think what stand I want to take because you can't. There's a spot like, yeah, I mean you could hunt it with a saddle, but oh. Well,
1: hey, this is another thing that Wes and a lot of other guys talk about is learning your does, and that's what we've been doing in some of these areas with these trail cameras is just watching these doe groups, not going in there and shooting any of them. You know, I got other spots where I'll go shoot does. Um, And just kind of watching them as they come through. And and we've got like distinct family groups of does. And it's like on this one bluff gap, this one group of five does a couple big ones. And then like maybe a a year old and then a yearling, uh, like a a fawn of the year. Mm -hmm. They've been coming through pretty consistent, same bluff gap, pretty much always that same group of does. And then now all of a sudden, all these bucks are coming through there. I mean, all like checking a couple different bucks. So now I know when that's happening. And regardless of whatever bucks are in there, I know that as long as these does don't leave or get killed, they're gonna be in there. They're probably gonna come into heat about the same time next year. You know. So this is where those annual pattern things come in with trail cameras.
0: That's what uh, Wes Moey on one of the episodes we had him on, uh, which, you know, a lot of people know from Wes um, the idea of, you know, wolf packing where you're hunting with a bunch of different guys all around like one specific, you know, large thicket. Uh, to kind of get deer to come out. But anyways, he talked about in one area, uh, uh, he, he named a doe. I forget. He like, she had like a little white patch or something. Something that he could tell it was a certain doe. Oh, yeah. And I think he said he killed like three doe, three bucks off of her over like a three or four year period. Man. Where like he knew based off trail cameras and everything that she would always come down this trail. Yep most days of the week during a certain time frame and he'd sit off that trail and literally come prime rut he'd never shoot her during prime rut deer would come down and then he'd get you know an opportunity shooting a buck off the back of her yep and uh nice. I mean, it's just called it's called you know it's knowing
1: your does learning man. your does man <laughs> hey quit it that's exciting that's exciting I uh, got another gun hunt coming up got some more bow hunts coming up you see mike's, got
0: mike's in iowa right now yeah. and then I, me and michael perry will be out in iowa i mean literally right after christmas And then we got ATA coming up. Uh, Yeah, hit the hit the whole yeah whole nine yards. So, (laughs) Um, but anyways, so uh, appreciate of course everybody listening to the podcast. Also, hey, we oh forgot to put this out there forgot to put this at the beginning of the podcast. Uh, of course, make sure you're subscribed to the podcast. Anyways, we appreciate everybody's support and appreciate everybody been buying the merchandise, uh, thoroughly and been enjoying that with you guys kind of picking up some of that stuff and seeing some of it on social media. Uh, also got some new listener success stories coming in that have been fantastic. Super, uh, excited to kind of see you guys, you know, share us or share with us, uh, some of your posts of uh, some of the success that you've had. I've had some really cool ones come in recently, but, uh, other than that, uh, old Andrew, uh,
1: what else you got, man? That's pretty much all I got. Okay. I hear Pepper out there. Yeah, Pepper is outside. She's I get... not liking it. Oh, I got one more thing. No, what you got? What you got? About Boone, man. Boone got his first hunting today. He got his first hunt? Yeah. First successful hunt. Snuck out before work. Uh, went and sat this little beaver pond next to the river. Just trying to shoot a wood duck. Uh, just trying to get Boone out there to uh, just get some experience, even on a quick hunt like that. and mm-hmm. Just kind of introduce him you know, further introduce him to gunfire in like a positive situation and hopefully get him a, a water retrieve. So we went out there, set up, and sure enough, a little bit after daylight, I hear some woodies flying in. This kind of goes back to the water swatting thing. Well, they come around and they turn the corner. I got this blow down in front of me. They turn the corner and they're flying, I mean, just above the water, and they get around this deadfall where I got a clear shot and they all three land. So I throw up and I kill two of them. And Boone, he's like, he's fired up and he's looking over there. He's like, what was that? Like, he didn't know what was going on because he's never duck hunted before. And uh, he, uh, he, he kind of sat there for a minute and I was, I'm i like, okay, what do I do now? I got dead ducks on the water. So I tried to like send him out there, which we have just been doing this thing. I don't want to use the word fetch because I'm going to do force fetch. So I don't want to start using that before I do the program. So I've just been doing dead. And so I'll, I'll go in the backyard, I'll throw his bumper and I'll hold on to him. And make him like, not tear off after it. And then I'll point at it, and I'll say dead, and that's his release. And that means, hey, there's something to go get over there. Uh haven't done it as much as – I only started doing that, like, two weeks ago because I was like, oh, my gosh, it's, like, about to be duck season. And I need, like – it dawned on me, I'm like, I need a, a way to, like, send him out there because it, he's probably not going to be eyes to the sky watching him fall, you know. Like, he's probably going to be kind of confused. And so I haven't been doing it as much as I wanted, but I think he's got it good enough to do it in that kind of situation. So the, there's a hen and a drake down. I'm trying to get him to go out there, and I send him. So I get him there, and I'm like dead, and I send him. And he got, he starts swimming out there, and he I think he's confused because this, this dead duck just looks like a black floating thing on the water. It looks like a, a log out there. So he swims. What?
0: I was going to say, what color bumpers do you use?
1: uh i got one that's uh white and black and one that's orange so i, well, I threw it out there or, or wait no it's I'm getting ahead of myself so he, he almost gets to it and he like looks around and then he turns around and comes back i'm like oh man so I, i'm like maybe he's just not getting it yet and i i end up i keep trying to like throw sticks and stuff out there to get him to, like pay attention to this thing he's just not getting it and so then i go find this like big giant limb and i kind of wait out there as far as i can and just barely get the edge of the duck and start pulling it in, and then when I'm pulling it in, he finally sees like, oh my, hey, that's a bird. He runs and grabs it. He's having a good time, freaking out, loving it. And uh, I put I put that one up, and I before actually before I did that, I, I had a bumper too, and so I'm like, I know I, I can get him to go out there with this bumper because he gets fired up about a bumper. And so I throw the bumper out there, and it lands five feet from the Drake, which the Drake's like way out in the middle. He swims all the way out there. He's about to grab the bumper, and he looks over, and he sees the duck. And I'm like, get the duck, get the duck. I'm, like, whispering to myself, and he turns off the bumper and goes to grab the duck, and he misses it and turns around and comes back. I'm like, oh, crap. So now I've got two ducks and a bumper floating out there where I can't reach them. And then I get – that's when I go get the big limb, and I, I can just barely get the, uh, the hen. Get her in. He grabs her. He's like, oh, my gosh, these are birds. And um, then – I'm trying to get him to go get the bumper and everything. And I'm getting a little frustrated at this point because I'm like, crap, what am I going to do? Because it's like six feet deep. I can't I can't walk out there and get him. And I don't want to lose my bumper, and I don't want to leave a dead duck. So I'm thinking I'm about to be getting in my underwear and swimming out here. It's like 38 degrees this morning. And uh, I get over there, and I keep trying to send him. He won't do it. He looks kind of confused, uh, not having a good time. And so then I remember what Nick, GDIY, is always talking about positive attitude like they they read off your mood so don't you know it have been very easy for me to be like dang it go, like go get it kind of getting aggravated but i'm like no i need to make it fun so we i take him all the way back up on the bank on dry ground and i'm like kind of get him revved up doing the old puppy voice and everything getting him fired up getting him wagging his tail again and then we walk out to the water it's about knee deep and he's swimming along next to me and then i point again and i'm like dead i give him like a good solid command and that's how i do it in the backyard too and he goes straight out there and grabs the bumper and i just freak out for him super fun super exciting you know like trying to tell him like that was the best thing you've ever done in your whole life you know like freaking out and he's he's jacked up now so we go back out there send him again and uh and he doesn't know where the duck is because there's like some timber out there and it's kind of floating behind it so he can't see it but I'm just like, dead. Send him again. And he went right out there, found it, brought it back to hand. And dude, I freaked out. I was so excited. I was so excited. It was so satisfying, you know, getting him as an eight-week-old puppy, and now he's eight months old, and he's, he's tracked a deer, and he's got, like, a successful water retrieve by himself. Like, I didn't have to go help him with that. I had to point him in the right direction, say, go get that, and he went and got it. Uh, so I was, like, over the moon. It was... I was super happy. So I'm getting that bird mounted.
0: <laughs> Boone's first bird.
1: Boone's first bird, man. Oh, I'm so happy about it.
0: That's awesome. Yeah, it looked like a really good looking Drake, too. Yeah,
1: he's so. in the freezer right now.
0: Oh, man. He he his head tucked under his wing.
1: Yep. Sure oh, do.
0: Awesome. All right, cool. I
1: started I was like, I've been wanting to get a bird mounted anyways, and I, I've been saying I wanted to get um, like a Woody, Drake, and Hen mounted together. Mm-hmm. And then I found out how much that cost, and I was like, mm, maybe not. Yeah. <laughs> maybe I'll just mount the deer.
0: Like you thought, you thought, you was gonna say, you thought a uh, a deer
1: shoulder mount could be expensive. That was about seven hundred bucks to get both of them done. Yep. at The place that that I'm think I'm going to. Yep. So, anyways, uh, yeah, that was that was this morning. Super happy with Boone. Thrilled, thrilled to death with that. So, can't wait to do some more hunts with him later this year. It's it's a uh, I, I like doing that kind of hunt, anyways. But now having your dog there, it's just like a it adds a whole nother accent.
0: I'll say this to Scouting. Uh, Pepper went scouting with me, and yeah. it was way more fun having her with me. And she's quiet in the woods. She, like, she's not, she doesn't bark. She's not doing anything like that. She's just quiet. Oh, I forgot to say this. Oh, man, this is clutch. Oh. One thing I found out with a dog in the woods, when you have a dog with you, okay, the cadence of a dog walking through leaves oh, sounds yeah. so much kind of like a deer that it's like the deer I saw, they stood there and extra long even like they they could see me okay listen so one of the deer we came up over this little rise and the deer was right there in this little thicket, and it saw me it took off running well pepper can't see through this tall stuff and she's like walking around right next to me she's walking around and the deer stands there and just looks at me and like it can see me i'm right in the sun. And like, like, Peppers over, and, like, and Peppers, yeah, she's walking around and she it's hitting the four legs and this is like, the deer was like, what is going on? <laughs> and I mean, it was just like fully interesting even though it could completely see yeah. me, it didn't tear out of there. And then I could actually, I walked towards the deer another like, 15 yards and it just sat there watching, it like heard me walking but I also saw pepper you know heard pepper walking around anyways I found, found that was very interesting because it happened a couple times where we were walking up on deer and it's like I feel like if it was just me walking through the woods it wouldn't have really happened but like with her having the extra set of you know feet running around paws running around and everything it just again it sounds interesting yeah, yeah. so it kind of opened my eyes like, I need to scout with her a little bit more because I mean it's not like she's she's not a it's not a hindrance at all to like scouting because she can keep up with me Yeah. other than there was one pretty thick spot i felt bad for us i just picked her up and (laughs) carried her she laid across my bino harness while i held her with one hand or one arm and she's uh,
1: still so little
0: she's like 20 pounds but she's she's lanky she's like she's 20 pounds but she's lanky she looks like she's on stilts yeah it's kind of funny but uh
1: anyways so with uh with pepper i mean she's growing up quick she's about to get her last round of shots pretty soon right
0: uh when we get back from iowa so like january 11th it'll be here it's her uh, last parvo shot she's got everything else she's got her lepto and so she's good yeah. to like
1: do water stuff now. Yeah, yeah, oh yeah, nice. Yeah.
0: So doctor said uh, let let him let her get to about a week after that shot, and then you can start doing some like legit water work with him. And yeah. I thought it was another doctor this time, and he's like he's like you gonna hunt you're hunting her? And I'm like yeah, I'm like he's like what are you gonna do like ducks? And I'm like yeah, a little bit, but also upland bird and everything. He's like, oh that's awesome. So every doctor at this vet I've gone to, they're all like fired up cool about hunting nice. which is like it's a big deal probably an important
1: quality to have yeah
0: some vets are like anti-hunting when it comes to like hunting with your dog so.
1: yeah well that's awesome what are you what are you the most excited about Like, are you getting antsy it's like she's getting big she's getting vaccinated and everything Does no, to bring her no
0: I was gonna I got call Nick cause I gotta talk to him about what else I need to be working on with her cause she's now starting to get kind of hard headed like with the recall like it, if I'm at the house mm-hmm. and I'm sitting somewhere she runs another room I can say like here or pepper here and she'll come right to me but like in the environment like say like your backyard and boone's out there or if she's just out there by herself she don't care she's like yeah i i, I hear you but i'm not coming yeah so I, I gotta try to figure that kind of stuff out but uh
1: what about like so so we've been seeing a lot of up and birds here lately been seeing a lot of woodcock coming through yeah. um and you jumped a covey of wild quail the other day
0: yeah it was pretty cool
1: so are good. you are you getting excited about that kind of stuff oh really? yeah absolutely i'm
0: excited to start working walking around with a shotgun and like do some small game hunting. Because the thing is like where you small game hunt at is literally the same stuff what you're hunting in. So it's like you're scouting for
1: deer. It's gonna be an, an excellent way to scout. Yeah.
0: A, a, and then you get your dog with you too, which is fun. Um mm-hmm. so it's it's gonna go hand in hand with it. And yeah, and you've been you have
1: found the woody spot like oh my god yeah bro listen jacob has been slow slow to uh come into like the whole water i've been trying to coax him into the dude, water it's, such a, stuff. it's such a hassle to freaking waterfowl hunt i don't care uh, who you are. it's <laughs> such a hassle
0: like dude there's so much crap that goes in tail with I'm oh like, my
1: gosh this is the guy that carries a 75 pound pack to deer hunt in alabama yeah i mean i can't blow a duck call to save my life though so nah, I, 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 we'll, we'll,
0: we can water swat someone in pond and, and <laughs> you know pond jumping or whatever
1: so so, um, yeah, you found, I, I started, look, I showed you a little duck hunt YouTube video the other day. hmm got you, got you That pretty, was awesome. Got you pretty fired up, that, didn't it? That
0: dude right there. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, I'm going to go on that dude's do- duck hunt. Yeah. Hunting some, like, s- s- I don't know, cypress swamp that had, like, no cypress trees were taller than 10 feet tall. Freaking, they're bombing into these little holes in this little piece of. Uh, was that public or private? I, I don't remember. I don't remember. Yeah, it was. It was a cool little hunt over Either in way, North Carolina. I
1: had a great duck hunt last week though, in, in Alabama. Lots of ducks.
0: No so. hunt or. Oh yeah, that was yeah. A hunt. Yeah you, yeah, you were hunting. Yeah, you were hunting.
1: Hunt scout. Hunt scout. Yep. Uh, but yeah, I'm mean, I'm excited to get you out there doing that. Just because you you get so fired up about stuff. I, I can't wait to bring you on a good duck hunt where you get fired up about that. It's just going to take it to the next level, let me tell you. It's going to be fun. I'm telling you, you're going to love it, especially with when you get Pepper out there, uh, watching them work, like doing that kind of stuff. It's just it's fun to have them. And it's like once Pepper grows up and you like go on – like when I went to that duck hunt the other day, I, I couldn't bring Boone. Mm-hmm. And I was out there and I shot a wood duck and it fell. And I was like, oh, I feel kind of bad. Because <laughs> Boone's not here right now. Yep. Felt guilty. Felt like I was just cheating on neglecting, him. Cheating on him. Yep. So,
0: well, awesome. Well, I was going to say we'll, we'll, we'll get some new reviews into as well, but I think we're going to save those for next week because I want Michael to be on here for some of those reviews. <laughs> get, they got all thick cricket, little nuts, and big bucknucks mm, all going there. at it yeah i'll go ahead in the uh in the reviews which is pretty funny but uh i think we're we'll hold off on that until next week but appreciate everybody listening make sure you subscribe to the podcast uh make sure you leave reviews they help more than you know and share the podcast with some more friends and family members and people even if you don't know somebody someone just at says something randomly on social media well what's a good hunt podcast? what's something i need to listen to I just recommend the southern outdoorsman it helps us more out than you could ever imagine so i absolutely appreciate that but uh on that, dude, uh, we'll kind of wrap this up, dude, and, and get ready for our next week's episode. We've got some awesome guests lined up.
1: Y'all are going to like Monday's episode.
0: If it goes as it should, it's going to be probably one of my favorite podcasts of all times. So, yeah, me too. No so, doubt. So
1: No doubt it's going to be one of the most interesting we've ever done. And
0: also, I'll say this as well, we uh, got another episode working right now, topic-wise, with uh, Bobby Worthington. He's going to come back in the podcast, hopefully, Fairly soon, we'll see, um, which is going to be super exciting, along with some other really good guests. So we're super excited about some other future episodes coming out in the next few weeks here on the Southern Outdoors and Podcast. So make sure you share it with your buddy. Even if your season is about to be over, doesn't mean you can't stop, you, you got to start listening. Uh, doesn't mean, does not mean you got to stop listening to the Hunt Podcast because we're going to keep on rocking and rolling, uh, especially as the next couple months come up. But uh, appreciate you your support. Yes, appreciate y'all following along. And hey, till next time, y'all stay, stay Southern. Stay
1: Look, last summer, y'all heard us talk a bunch about the Mobile Hunters Expo. It was an incredible event. A bunch of you guys came out to meet us. We got to talk to, I don't even know how many listeners. If you heard all that last year and you were like, dang, that sounded cool, I should have went to that. Here's your chance. You need to make it to this one. It's June 28th through June 30th in Dalton, Georgia, all right? Giving you a heads up here, so go ahead and mark it on your calendar. June 28th through June 30th, Dalton, Georgia is going to be the 2024 Mobile Hunters Expo. We're going to be there. A bunch of our past podcast guests are going to be there. There's going to be seminars. All of the mobile hunting companies are gonna be there for you to try out gear before you buy it. It's like the one event of the year where all of the the like the like mobile hunter ecosystem just kind of congregates in one place. And Chris and Josh and the guys have done an absolutely phenomenal job putting this thing together over the last couple years. And it keeps getting better every year. So like I said, make sure you come see us. We're gonna have a gigantic stack of free stickers to give away to every listener that stops by the booth. And we're gonna have merch there to purchase. We're gonna be recording podcasts, shooting videos, all kinds of stuff so like I said don't miss it you can head on over to the mobile com to look at show schedules and dates and go ahead and grab your tickets so y'all go check it out at the mobile huntersexpo.com.